Oh, we're crazy, right? Okay, yeah, okay, let's go. Perfect, perfect. Okay, we're, we're starting. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. And welcome to another episode of the Mid-Level Show. The Mid-Levels of Performance Medicine are bringing it to you every week about what Dr. Rogers wants to talk about. Isn't that kind of the plight of the Mid-Levels too? Whatever the doctor wants to talk about. I want to talk about coffee. Why don't we talk about that? I just had three cups. Yeah, let's just change it up a little bit and talk about what we want to talk about. (laughs) I'm kidding. We're talking about the prostate today so the prostate and prostate health and psa um which i think is a very important topic um dr rogers mentions in the note a lot of hesitancy when coming into an exam uh because they're going to bring up the prostate exam and everyone knows that the way to palpate a prostate is going rectally through a digital rectal exam Um, I do think it's important to note, too, whenever he's saying this, anatomically, when we look at the prostate, where it sits in the body for males, I say that like females, it sits differently. Males have prostates. Females do not have prostates. We'll put that out there. To to palpate and to feel a prostate, we're only feeling the posterior portion of the prostate, which I believe is one-third of the actual size of the prostate. The rest is anterior on the other side. So... What are we feeling for? We're feeling for an enlargement and we're feeling for nodules because we don't want prostate cancer. Now, he also mentions here too, most people die with and not from prostate cancers. I just would love to know, do you find the hesitancy, the nervousness whenever we talk about prostates with males? Do you ever get the, uh, no, I, this is kind of what I get. Hey, like, have you had any changes in prostate health? which is gonna be changes in urination, like you're gonna be a weak stream, I'm peeing a thousand times during the middle of the night. And I'll always ask like this, hey, so how's any changes in prostate doing well? Oh, no, no, I'm good. No, well, everything's good down there, no need to check. I get that all the all the time. Do you guys find that in the rooms as well? Kara, how about you? Kara's our nurse practitioner in Knoxville. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, I, we usually ask, when was the last time you had your it's a better way to phrase it? <laughs> and, um, and, um, but actually, you know, men are very concerned about their PSA. I mean, I might talk about liver, kidney, whatever in the labs and is what was my PSA? So they're very, uh, concerned about that. But I also try to stress the importance of an actual manual exam and how important that, uh, not just labs, but a manual exam of the prostate. Right. Um, is. So usually we'll just kind of check in and then we'll ask um, specifics like you getting up at night to go to the bathroom. You have any, you know, uh, any history of prostatitis. So more specific um, things. But um, but yeah, I usually ask that. And that's usually, oh, yeah, I just had that done. Just, you know, two yeah. seconds ago. I literally like that's I just, <laughs> no need to do it again today. You know, you don't want to have it too many times. It's not a painful exam, but it's but it's an uncomfortable exam. Um, but you're right. I, it, most people and most most patients are concerned about that number, the PSA, the prostate specific antigen. We're doing a public service announcement about prostate specific antigen. Dr. Rogers talks about in the notes uh, this magical number of four. Four or less uh, when you get those labs back, back looks fine. It was within normal range. Uh, but he also too talks about the velocity, the 
the how fast is PSA changing? Um, Fran, any thoughts on velocity versus total PSA? And even too, I need to look this up before coming into the note. Free PSA, free PSA is unbound PSA. High free PSA is less indication of cancers. Any thoughts on yeah, kind of the said, lab? Values? He said it was actually protective, right? To have a right. high free PSA. Um, yeah, I think it's very interesting that it's not about one lab test that you get. Um, he he mentioned the things that can raise it that right. it might not actually be high, like lifting weights or having sex too close to your exam or being on a bicycle. So I yep. thought if you, if you get a PSA back and you're not happy with the result, it's something, get another one. Don't just base it on, you know, and make sure you're doing everything correct to make sure you're getting a good value. Absolutely. Um, and, but, but tracking it is important. And he even said, I think he said he had people with PSAs as high as 18. That without cancers didn't have cancer yeah so just because you have a high psa don't automatically think i definitely have cancer absolutely look into some other things get it checked out he mentioned even that mri which i thought was very interesting if i was going to have a biopsy i'd much rather have um something where you, you was less invasive and they got right to the prostate um yeah, the yeah. MRI guided biopsy is, I, I think it's the way to go. You're getting the picture and you're getting the full picture without blind sticks. So without the MRI guided biopsy, you're kind of, you're doing blind sticks at the prostate and taking samples with MRI. You can see where there's those cellular changes so that you can target where you're taking the actual sample from. Uh, there's only a few places that do it. I believe he mentioned Knoxville. Uh, there's a great guy, Dr. Bush that was out of Chattanooga now is in Atlanta that we refer to quite a bit um too because prostate prostate's an important it's it is a weird walnut sized organ but it's a very important process um uh for the uh, male sex life it provides um lubrication uh to the sperm and through ejaculation it provides um fluids um so a lot of the times men don't want to have their prostate removed because unless it needs to be removed if it's full of cancer yes that's pros and pros and cons but there's a it, there's a little bit of a like hey this is part of my anatomy i don't want to take it away it's pro it provides a benefit to the ejaculatory process um but you're right friend recheck it reach i recheck and get another value and i never even thought to think yeah i never thought free psa so unbound PSA means that it's not sticking to, because prostate specific antigen, yes, specific to the prostate, but can be elevated through activity, through riding a bike, uh, even too with benign prostatic hyperplasia, BPH. That just means you got a big prostate. So you're going to have more antigen coming off of it from a big prostate, which you can feel uh, through uh, a prostate exam. Uh, so I think it's important to recheck. Um, two, I had I had some other thoughts about prostate too. I want to. This is kind of maybe not a little bit off topic, but with the LGBT community, with the transgender community, I actually read across a study um, last. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago. Um, I think it's important that if you do come across patients who are transgender who have gone th even through uh, lower half surgeries 
you still have a prostate from, from male to female. You still have that organ. It's still there. So it's still important to check. So I feel like it's it was a real big eye-opener to me. You think, yes, uh, for the transgender population, we're manipulating hormones so that we're getting the correct hormones through gender identity. And two, surgically, uh, we are looking, we look more of the uh, gender that you identify with. You're shaving down the Adam's apple, you're doing top surgery to have breasts, and you're doing bottom surgery uh, to change the genitalia, but the prostate is still there. That's something they don't often remove. So uh, something I learned from this that can be a take-home for viewers, but also if you're a mid-level practitioner listening to this, I think it is really important how we phrase things so that when um, a transgender female patient comes in for maybe a routine visit, we're not gynecology, but they come in through gynecological visits for their female well, well woman exam. The prostate still has to be examined to make sure that there's not changes there. So making sure you're checking the lab value and also phrasing it as a lower half exam, a bottom <laughs> half exam, so that you don't have to say, hey, we need to check your prostate. Hey, we're doing this as part of your lower half exam. That really was eye-opening to me. I don't know if you, have you all come across any studies with that? With That's very specific, but I thought it was something that I thought was important to include. I have not seen any, but I know... Um... OBGYN 40 and over, they automatically do a rectal exam. Perfect, just, great. And, and a lot of times that's a good time to get um, a hemocult card at the same time and just go ahead and develop that and get some answers um, then. So, and too, even he mentions in the note too about uh, rectal, it's a screening for rectal cancers as well. Mm -hmm. Cellular changes that have a mass in the rectum, which is a, you're getting a two for one bonus out of that exam too. That's good to know. So, over 40, that comes standard. Perfect. And two, that makes sense too with men. We're saying over 40, that's when we should start doing yearly prostate exams uh, with PSAs. Um, so really too, he talks, I want to know what y'all think about the naturals he talks about, things that we can incorporate in our diet. Uh, Fran, any ideas of, salt? there's salt palmetto, there's stinging nettle, which I didn't know too much about stinging nettle. I knew salt yeah. palmetto, a pumpkin seed, um, any of the naturals that you find beneficial? Well, zinc, he mentioned that one yeah. too. And yeah. that, and most, most of the men that zinc. come in through are on zinc because we recommend that, um, when we have them on testosterone, most right. of them are already on that, but yeah, the pumpkin seeds. And I think you said boron. Bor which... and boron was new to me too. Yeah. Yeah. These are all so stuff to there's... check out. But anything you can take to prevent, and I'm sure there's, there's gotta be a, combination um nutraceutical that's for prostate health right in fact life we might even have one in the office that i'm unaware of we need yeah, to life extension <laughs> yeah life extension makes one they do okay okay so they make a specific one that's kind of has a lot of the different that's good to know come by performance medicine and get the or go to life extension we use life extension vitamins and love them the thing i like this is a public service announcement about vitamins life extension's great and that's what we sell in the office it's because we see on lab values where you'll see lab values improve especially with vitamin d is my biggest one if you check a vitamin d it's low and you're replacing with something that isn't usda verified to have what's supposed to be in there the vitamin d comes back and it's not higher than it was with life extension vitamins i've seen it below you replace and it comes up. So you just know that you can trust that brand. So that's something good. I, if for me, I'm all about naturals and it seems like zinc is kind of like the, 
It's like the one that you can take for everything. And Tadalafil mm-hmm. too. I'm surprised you didn't talk about Tadalafil in this. Tadalafil can actually sometimes help with the size of the prostate. Have you all heard that? Kira, have you heard? Mm-hmm. I think we might have. we might have mentioned that in our Tadalafil talk. And it's also good vasculature, as we talked about in one of our previous shows, you know, with Raynaud's and some other uses for Tadalafil. But yes, it has, it can help that too. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, I think this one was exactly, this was to the point. Um, is there anything else we're missing? We're talking, I, I feel like really we're, I, I encourage you men over 40, get your prostate checked. Don't be scared of the exam. Uh, don't be scared of a number that comes back abnormal. Fran, you made a great point about rechecking and checking all your options too. Um, and we didn't specifically get into the prostate cancers with Gleason scores, but it's something I don't want viewers and listeners to get too worried about. I always say you cross bridges once you get to them. Um, I will say too, uh, there's a great book called Testosterone for Life, which we've advocated in previous programs as well. It's a kind of a starter book that we use as providers coming into performance medicine on how we replace testosterone because there is this huge kind of thought concepted that a testosterone is going to cause heart disease or it's going to cause prostate cancer and that book goes into the studies that they use for that and um they're just old studies they're old studies with four participants that said it causes prostate cancer um so do you all ever get that in the room i do get that question quite a bit that hey is this going to cause prostate cancer do you all get that yes we have before that that book specifically, I can't think of the guy, the author's name. He's a, a physician out of Cambridge um, that taught from Harvard and has a, a um, I don't want to say a low T clinic because it's not the brand low T, but he's got some <laughs> that's great information that it does not actually cause prostate cancer. The way that testosterone can maybe affect the prostate is if testosterone converts into dihydrotestosterone, which can make the prostate grow. So there's blockers from testosterone to dihydrotestosterone like finasteride that help with the size, uh, but not specifically with prostate cancer. But any other any other closing thoughts? I just, book, yes, I'll, yes. I'll give you the author. It's Abraham Morgenthaler. Okay. Morgan, Morgan. Morgan, it's, I don't know, it's right here. In our suggested reading list yes have it. yes it's awesome you can put it on amazon it's the first thing it has two people riding a bike on the front and it's awesome <laughs> i'm telling you it's a great read it's an easy read uh, but it really gives some great evidence for why we replace with testosterone but also calm some of those fears or those common misconceptions about testosterone therapy but i just want to keep talking about the prostate i mean <laughs> who doesn't want to talk about the prostate uh, females i'm so sorry you're left out of this conversation you do not have a prostate and that is fine you have enough to deal with on your plate so we don't want to add anything else to that <laughs> any closing thoughts Kara? any closing thoughts for maybe some of our listeners or viewers that are wanting to come in and get their prostate checked uh-huh. just just regular checkups and follow-up and um um, testosterone does not cause cancer <laughs> yeah that's great i like it that's a psa huh public service <laughs> announcement got it okay fran any closing thoughts I, I i liked her closing thoughts they were perfect that's perfect uh, and two we don't have we don't have our uh our sister in crime we don't have amber here today she's at the beach and enjoying herself getting tan i know that she was 
itching to talk about the prostate too. I meant, listen, we text about the prostate all the time. I know that this is what the one she wanted to be a part of. So we'll have to make sure we mention it next time in our next mid-level show. We'll just kind of do a quick recap so she can give her thoughts. But anyways, thank you. Thank you to Fran and to Kara. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, and, and join us next week as we talk, um, talk more medicine. I'm excited. All right. right. Thank Thank you you. all. I appreciate it. I'll see y'all. You too. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.